1: All right, but welcome to the show. It's me, Matt Slick, and you're listening
2: to Matt Slick Live. Today is January 22nd, 2024. Whew. If you want to give me a call, please do. Just dial 877 And uh, what can we talk about? A lot, all kinds of stuff. So, um as always you know, it always on the weekend uh on saturday night i spent some time witnessing on sunday night I spent some time witnessing i met a catholic who's very knowledgeable uh i was really surprised i don't rarely meet him that knowledgeable and he was rude at first i pointed it out but then he he uh he, he was good after that but um uh, he was he was saying how the Catholic Church teaches the same thing we do biblically, and put it out that it wasn't the case. But it was a good conversation, nevertheless. If uh, you're if you had if you were by any chance there listening, because if the room was full of people, then uh, please call and uh, give me your feedback on that. And if not, no big deal. And if you want, you can email me at eight seven seven. You can email me. Let's try it again. You can email me at info at karm.org, info at karm.org. And the subject line just put in there, um, you know, a radio question or radio comment, and I can get to that. And if you want to call me, that's easy to do. It's uh, 877-207-2276. And uh, let's see, I'm going to check my calendar because, because, because... uh, because of the wonderful things. Okay, Uh, let's see, on um, February, making sure, yep, February 10th, I'll be in Sandy, Utah, speaking uh, at 9 o'clock in the morning at the um, uh, Mormonism Research Center that is established by MRM. So it's in Sandy, uh, Utah. I'll be there staying with uh, Bill McKeever. And, um, getting down there with Eric and stuff on a Saturday so hey you know if uh, you guys are in the area and you want to come by uh, then uh, that's all you gotta do, you gotta just check it out. Now that I'm thinking about it uh, let's see mrm.org and uh, Bill and Eric they do great, they do great stuff there and uh, I'm looking for it to find in there the center where the address is and stuff. I'll, I, I haven't looked there for a while. I just, I just know where it is. So I'll get the address and stuff like that. But um, so you can, you know, I'm, I'm curious. Maybe someone can find it for me. Put it in the uh, the chat, text, in a thing here. I'm just looking. Podcast, video. They got a lot of good stuff there. It's a good, nice site. It really is. It looks good. So, uh, oh, I have debate. I do Wednesday. Let's see what what's happening Wednesday. Let's see. On the Trinity. it's so, Okay, so I'll be debating the Trinity. I do these things, and, and then sometimes, sometimes, I you know, because I'm so busy, I do so many things. It's like somebody says, are you ready for the debate? What debate? Tonight. <laughs> what time? <laughs> they go, in an hour. I go, what are we debating? We're debating that, oh, okay, that's right, okay. Oh, well, yeah, I'll prep. And so get in there and do that. Uh, so, uh, oneness debate two on two. Actually, it's going to be different. That's going to be different because Andrew Rappaport, I've known Andrew for, I don't know, 15, 20 years, I guess. And he's an apologist also. And he and I are going to be debating uh, the oneness issue. I don't know how it's going to work. Now, this is what I normally do when there are other people involved in a debate, uh, you know, like a tag team two on two. What I often do is just not say a whole bunch. Uh, Not because, you know, I'm pouting, you know, it's just, you know, just see what they're going to say. And if they need some backup or some help, that's how I view it sometimes, you know, or even if I need backup or help, you know, I mean, certainly could be the case. But uh, that'll be that. So, um, oh, now they want to know where. So it'll be, well, let's see.
0: Oh, man. Oh, nice,
2: nice yawn. I'm going to put it in there, I'm going to put it in there, and I'm going to put it right there. So there, I put the URL in, i got to put it, maybe somebody, Joanne, will uh, put it up on the, um, the we need the Karm calendar, like it's an actual calendar that we're going to do that. I know we have one. Anyway, rate, so uh, open mic discussion, oh, that's what it's going to be, open mic discussion, back and forth, Is the Jesus? is Jesus the Father, this is going to be so easy. To, it's gonna be so easy I can prove Jesus is not the Father it's very easy to do I can do it in one minute or less seriously, done the problem isn't that the problem is that uh, the unbelievers <laughs> it doesn't work and uh, so I have to tell them no it does work no it doesn't and so then it becomes uh, one of those you know and um, so that's what it is yeah, and we'll be just debating about little uh, particulars. So I'm gonna, all I'm gonna do, all I'm gonna do is just give a really good, solid, quick argument. It'll be quick and slick. Now, depending on, on if Andrew goes first, you know, and I, I don't, really, I don't mind. I, you know, it's like go first. I don't care. Go first. I um, mean, I do impromptu debates all the time, so it's not a big deal. Let's see, it'll be on YouTube. And which ministry? Oh, Standing for Truth. Uh, That's a good ministry. And uh, Utah Christian. Oh, here it is. Oh, see? Laura, you are awesome. Okay, the Utah Christian Research Center is um, 579 Galena Park Place, Suite 101. So somebody's gonna to have to put that up there on the calendar. Where it's gonna be? And I, I mean, nine o'clock in the morning. That to me is like, are you serious? I don't get up till ten thirty. See, I was up till four o'clock last night because I can't. I have trouble sleeping. I do. I have trouble sleeping, and uh, it's just what it is. My brother does too. Um, I think it's just a genetic thing, and so um, I, I have to. Uh, you know. I I, I can't go to sleep at one o'clock in the morning. I just lay there for two hours. Oh, now Andrew Rappaport, we've roomed together, done stuff. He's out in two minutes. Makes me mad. You know, I just want to throw some something at him. You know, wake him up. I'm looking. You know, I'm just a, pretend I'm asleep or something. So, uh, anyway, all right, there we go. Hey, you want to give me a call? 877-207-2276. two zero seven two two seven six. Let's get to Seth from Charlotte, North Carolina. Seth, welcome you're on the air
3: Hey, so I had a question about the book of Nahum I'm probably butchering that word um, Nahum, but I, I just name. wanted to know I just wanted to know exactly what he's talking about in his vision um, and really what the what the book is about I, I, I read through it and I'm just I guess I'm kind of confused I'm, I'm not not really understanding <laughs> what
2: exactly he's talking about what he, what it's about Oh, um, well, you know, I'd have to do a little bit of research. Top of my head, I can't tell you. Let's see if I can do this, though. Nahum. And usually there's a uh, little intros uh, in commentaries. So I can just go there and take a look. Uh, it offers an illustrative case study on how difficult it can be. Oh, <laughs> that's about dating prophets. So uh, let's get a bit more information dating, writing, character. What's it about? Oh, I know what I'll do. I know what I'll do. And where to get the information? Some from. So there's always resources, always resources. One of the, by the way, one of the things I want to do uh, is uh, do a brief outline of each book of the Bible. That's sixty-six books. Uh, so that's what it is. Uh, okay. The. Uh, okay. Here we go. There we go. And so. It's just another project which i want to do so uh it's okay it's a short book consisting of three chapters and it contains uh, poetic Mm -hmm. language and it describes the downfall of Nineveh and that's right because it says in the very beginning there so it's about the impending judgment and destruction of of Nineveh and God's Mm -hmm. justice and things like that that's basically what it's about okay
3: yeah i um so i yeah so i read through that but it's also a, a vision into the future am i am i wrong about that
2: i don't know i you know i'd like to be able to say i have good answers for every question but sometimes i just don't know so <laughs> that's all
3: right
2: and it says record the vision and uh, this is in, oh that's habakkuk so what i'm looking for in Nahum yeah the book of the vision of nahum the elkishite and uh, so, okay. What particular verse in it is uh, making you think that it might be a, a prophetic thing in that sense?
3: Well, honestly, I I, I, I read through it and then I watched a, a video on an older gentleman on YouTube describing that it was also a vision of him seeing into the future. Um, of what was the name of this guy? Gosh, I cannot remember. I I really don't. I don't remember okay. I just saw it one day, clicked okay. on it
2: <laughs> um, Yeah, because sometimes there's bad teachers, I'm not saying it's good or bad but uh, yeah. as I'm looking through and scanning, it's uh, it's your fortification uh, forti- fortification, let's get, you'll become drunk, Egypt you are no better no, than no I'd have to look at the whole thing to see what's going on, it mentions Ethiopia sure. Lubim and do a, uh, a study on it so uh, it might be. I, I don't know. Uh, I just have to take a look and see. I wish I had a, a better answer. I really do. But uh,
3: that's all right. Um, I, I have. I a, have, a I have another question, if, if that's okay. Sure. If that, sure. Okay. Um, let's see. I think it's First Corinthians. Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe I'm wrong. But um, it's where Paul is talking about women speaking in the church. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah. and this First is Timothy. actually something I, I asked. I asked my uh, pastor about. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, I, I think most people interpret that wrong, as in saying that women cannot be, um, cannot speak in the church. I, I don't know. I guess I'm just kind of on the fence about it on, um, how I should be interpreting that.
2: Okay. Uh, so what's going on is that biblically speaking, women are not to be pastors, elders or deacons because the Bible, and I can give you the verses and the references, talks about that.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And, and I think it's in 1 Corinthians early part of 14, I think it is, or maybe not. Um, it talks about, uh, no it's not in there, it's uh, about being heads being veiled and women yeah. cannot you know speak and things like that. So, th- this is a difficult area of scripture. So what do they think is going on? So one of the options, it's First Corinthians 11, one of the options, let me go through it a little bit. See, Christ is the head of every man, and the man is the head of the woman, and God is the head of Christ. So it's talking about order, this is verse 3. And we have to understand that even in the Trinity there's a hierarchy the Father sent the Son, the Father and the Son send the Holy Spirit. So, and there's more, but that's just a quick example. So it says that Jesus, the head of of Christ, is, is God, speaking of the Father. So it doesn't mean that they are inferior, or that Christ is inferior, it means there's a hierarchical structure for order, because this is the nature of the Trinitarian existence. This is how it's been. So the Word is eternally the Son, eternally begotten, in the sense that, not that he had a beginning in that sense, but that in the eternal covenant he was always the one who would be sent, become one of us, die for our sins. So he's always in that context of the one who is sent. Now we got a break, but I, and we'll get okay. back after this. But I want to lay down that this is because of the Trinitarian uh, essence itself. When we get back from the break. We'll talk about that. Okay. So hold on. Okay. Hey, folks, if you want to call me, we have two open lines, 877-207-2276. We'll
1: be right back. It's Matt Slick Live. Taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick everybody welcome back to the show if you want to give me a call we have two open
2: lines eight seven seven two zero seven two two seven six let's get to Seth from Charlotte Seth you still there hello I don't know if we're hearing him or not yeah I'm here okay there you go good All right, so I laid out the issue of the Trinity and its hierarchical structure because when when I go through the rest of this I want people to have a theological basis to understand that authority does not mean Superiority or that you're better than somebody else It has to do with the very nature and the Trinitarian communion itself Because in the Trinity that's the origination of all things in Genesis 1 1 you know, in the beginning, God said, let her be light. So, uh, or one, three. And so God is the one who, who, he created everything. And he's the one who is originator and all things go back to him. At any anyway, rate, so check this out. So in First uh, Corinthians 11, 5, but every woman uh, who has her head uncovered while praying or prophesying disgraces her head for she is one and same with the woman who has her head shaved. In the culture, a woman's shaved head was a sign of, Uh, sexual infidelity and adultery and sometimes also of prostitution so the hair was a glory uh, for the woman and in my opinion I love to see women with long hair I just think it's that feminine I think it's it's great I think that's when women look best old gray hair long old gray hair I, I love that as well as young that's just my opinion but I think it's most beautiful Alright, so, not a big deal, but when in that culture, too, if if a woman were to let her hair down in public, that was a scandal, because women were uh, guarded. They weren't possessions, not like that, but they were guarded very specifically. Women weren't supposed to go out on their own, unless they were in a group with other women, or accompanied by a man, because a lot of guys out there were pretty bad. And if you were going out there by yourself, were you advertising something? Why were you out by yourself? So it coincidentally, I'll tell you about this. When the woman at the well went out by herself and Jesus met her, it's a little scandalous because now he's meeting a woman who's by herself at a well. And I've actually drank out of that very well, as a matter of fact. But she had had five husbands and she was an outcast of the community. So she had to go to the well later on in the heat of the day by herself and Jesus met her there and talked to her okay so she would have her hair covered that's what it was supposed to be the case now in uh oh, where's Luke 7 where the woman came in to the Pharisee's house Simon when Jesus was there and she let her hair down and wiped his feet with her hair, oh, that's that's scandal! Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! That that's incredible. Why would a woman let her hair down like that in public? Because she's only supposed to do that with her husband. This is the culture. So if a woman did that in public, she's advertising her sexuality. You don't do that. This is the culture of that time, and um, so that's why he, Paul says she's the one and the same as the one whose head is shaved because there's a cultural act there. So what's going on is a spiritual act is to be under authority. So notice what it says in 1 Corinthians 11.5, her head is uncovered, uh, that everyone who ha- every woman who has her head uncovered while praying or prophesying disgraces her head. For she is worn the same with the woman who has her head shaved. So what it's telling me is that the specificity of praying and prophesying, means in the church she can pray publicly and she can prophesy publicly because the Holy Spirit is working through all people not just the men but when the women Mm -hmm. do this they're to cover their heads because it's a symbol of the authority that they are recognizing It's not that they're inferior or have to do what the men say. That's not it. It's the recognizing the authority that is established by God and uh, through the church system. And he says in verse seven, for a man ought not to have his head covered since he is the image and glory of God, but the woman is the glory of man because his direct authority is under Jesus, under God, but the woman's authority is under the man. So the hair covering symbolized the authority she had to her under her husband which is one of the reasons she would cover her hair like that so her head covered so her hair generally was covered they would go into a place in a meeting and they might see a little bit of hair whatever but they would cover their heads because that was uh, a symbol of that authority and so that's what's going on basically there and it's a it's a tough area of scripture to uh, interpret uh, very clearly and stuff does that help at all?
3: yeah um i just i kind of can't wrap my head around it so when i asked my pastor this uh, about women preaching in the church so he he went on to say the con that the context is really important and the temple setting was divided between men and women one on one side and one on the other there was yes. a situation where arguments and disruptions were occurring to that setting and That's Paul true. was directly addressing that situation and addressing that particular body yes. or group. And then he went yeah. on to write in Galatians three twenty-eight through 29, there is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male or female. Yeah, uh, yeah. you're your you all one in Yeah,
2: he blew it. What's that? Okay. He, he blew it. He made a mistake. Okay, I'll explain why. So he's correct about the issue. Generally, the women sat in the back, the men sat in the front. The women now had new freedom in Christianity. Hey, honey, what did he say? Because there was no loudspeakers. Did we go up in the front? The man would stand up and and, or sit and preach. And so they keep quiet. Do this under your authority of your husband. He'll tell you at home. All right, so to go to, to, okay, about women, pastors and elders? They are not to be pastors and elders. It is sinful for them to be pastors and elders. The Bible clearly Mm -hmm. says they're not to be. When people go to Galatians 3.28, there's neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither slave nor free. There's neither male nor female. You're all one in Christ. See, now they can preach. That's not what it's talking about. There's neither Mm -hmm. Jew nor uh, Greek, uh, slave or free, neither male nor female. Uh, You're all one in Christ. What he's talking about here is being saved. Because before... Uh, in Galatians remember in Galatians they're talking Paul's writing and reputation of the issue of the Judaizers are saying you've got to be circumcised to be saved a lot of Jews there. And the Jews believed, oh, God only came for the Jewish people, not for everybody. But in Christ, there's neither male nor female, Jew, Greek, or all, you know, slave or female. They're all one in Christ. That's what's going on. You can't take that, rip it out of its context and say, now women could be pastors and elders. Well, if that's the case, then I guess women aren't women, are they? Because there's neither male nor female, right? So then can we use all the same bathroom then? Because how far is this going to go? So your pastor, if he's using that verse to say that women can be pastors and elders, he flat out blew it, and I'd tell it to his face, politely, with respect, but he's wrong. And I can show you why, if you want. I can explain where the scriptures clearly absolutely forbid women from preaching and teaching, if you want. Okay, so it's up to you. Sure. All right, so First Timothy 2, 12 and 13. I do not allow a woman to teach or exercise authority over man, but remain quiet, for Adam was first created... And uh, then Eve. So Paul is tying this into the created order. It's First Timothy 2, 12 and 13. When it says you should be quiet, it's the Greek word hesukia, which means keep it down. It doesn't mean absolute silence. And uh, when we get back, I'll explain a few more verses and then we'll move along. Okay, so hold on, buddy. There's a break. We'll be right back after these messages, please. Stay tuned.
1: Matt Slick Live taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here is Matt Slick. Hey everybody welcome back to the show. Bottom of the hour if you want to give me a call 877-207-2276.
2: All right, you still there Seth? Yep. All right, so Paul has said he does not allow a woman to teach or exercise authority but remains silent. Okay, now what I'm going to do is go to I'm going to go to uh 1 Timothy 1 Timothy 5.17 The elders who rule well are to be considered worthy of double honor, especially those who work hard at preaching and teaching. So the elders, some of them work hard at preaching and teaching. So a preacher is by default an elder, right? Does that make sense? Real simple. Mm -hmm. Now, in 1 Timothy 3, verse 2, Paul says an overseer, that's the Greek word episkopos, episcopalian episkopos, it, a bishop or, or overseer, then must be above reproach, the husband of one wife, anermias gunaikas Husband of one wife is what it says in the Greek. Temperate, prudent, respectable. This is what Timothy, it's what he's writing to Timothy. But there's one more thing I want to bring out in Timothy. In 1 Timothy 3.15, he says Paul says in case I'm delayed I write so that you will know how one ought to conduct himself in the household of God which is the church of the living God the pillar and support of the truth so Paul is giving Timothy instructions on how you're to do stuff in the church and in the church the elders uh, are, are the pastors are elders women are not to be in authority over the men and the overseer is to be uh, the husband of one wife. Now, when we go to Titus, this is where Paul is writing to Titus. He says, for this reason I left you in Crete, this is verse five and six, that you would set in order what remains and appoint elders in every city. uh, cities I directed. Remember, a pastor is an elder, okay? Appoint elders. Namely, if any man is above reproach, the husband of one wife, having children who believe, not accused of dissipation or rebellion. How does a uh, how, do, how does a woman feel that? How does a woman meet that need? Right? It doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. And so he goes on. and He says, "For the overseer must be above reproach." So now Paul ties overseer with elder. So the overseer, the elder, we can say functionally for now, is the same office, and they must be husband of one wife with children who believe now this is normative so what if a man's wife dies can he no longer be an elder that's not what the point is what if he only has one child not two children who believe uh, well that doesn't mean he can't be an elder what's going on here is that paul is giving the normative requirements and in every instance it's male he must be the husband of one wife so he's got to be a man because the bible says so that's what's going on and in greek Furthermore, nouns have gender. They can be masculine, feminine, or neuter. Like that's like Spanish, okay? And mm-hmm. uh, so you can have different words in in, uh, in in different languages have gender, and it's the same thing in Spanish in uh, Greek. Well, elders as is pronounced bruturoi, which is plural nominative um, masculine, and that's the word that's used, and so. You know, and then it says men, and anthropoi, which is a plural masculine, uh, nominative, uh, sub means, which means subject. That, that's what's going on, okay? So women can't be pastors and elders. And one more last bit. I know I'm long-winded here. I did research on this, and I've written a lot on it. And I, I and I have an open-standing debate challenge to anybody who wants to have a public debate with me. I'll go to your church as long as it's uh, live uh, online and or we can you don't have it filmed uh does the Mm -hmm. bible support women pastors and elders i've been offering this challenge for 20 years and not a single person has ever taken me up on it i want a pastor to do this why is that because they know i'm going to go to the scriptures they know i'll go straight there i'm going to put them on the on the spot so anyway Mm -hmm. in my research of denominations that adopted women pastors and elders within two generations Eighty percent started approving of homosexuality.
3: Okay. Mm. All right. Yeah, that 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 clears it up a lot for me. I appreciate that very much. Okay. I've written a lot on this. This is
2: a big issue, and the reason it's a big issue is not because women are bad, men are good. That's not it. It's because men have a tendency to become lazy when enabled to become lazy when women step up and do a man's job men tend to sit down and do nothing and in this culture where masculinity is under attack and femininity is the way the truth and the life men all the more don't want to risk anything because biblically they're not sure how to be men and I can teach them biblically what it means Not that I'm a great example of it, but biblically we follow Christ and we aren't supposed to be afraid of what your wife says or your friends say or your boss says. You must be wise in all these things, but we're to stand up for truth even if it costs us. And men are more and more afraid to stand up and be men. And they're more concerned with what everybody thinks about them and uh, unfortunately... What kind of clothes they're wearing? What kind of car they're driving, cetera, You know. Okay. That's good.
3: All right. Got anything else? I don't think so. I think I think we we cleared it all up. I appreciate it very much. All right
2: good ask your pastor to call me if he wants we can have a discussion on it you can go to CARM you can look up the women pastor stuff that's there but if he says women can be pastors and elders he is wrong and I would not trust him to properly uh, understand the word of God it's very simple
3: okay all right I appreciate it Matt thank you
2: okay sounds good all right now sorry for the long wait Clarice sorry a whole half hour you've been waiting Um, thank you for waiting So what do you
4: got? Um, Oh, you're welcome, and amen to what you all just said to that gentleman. That was really good. I agree with you. Um, So I have a couple of things I want to ask you, and hopefully I won't take up all your time, but so be it. And so uh, my question is, I was talking with someone Saturday evening, and um, they said to me, well, let me just preface this by saying I've been a born-again Christian for almost 43 years. And I, am, I don't have your mind. I don't have the years of study that you've done as far as everything that you've done. I highly respect you. for. I've, I heard your story of all the school and studying and all that you've done. I admire you for that. And I listen because um, I know you know what you're talking about. I don't think anybody has a coin on God's market, but I think that you know what you're talking about, and I love and respect you for that. That's why I wow. call you to ask you certain things. Well, and thank um, you. I don't, I don't have the recall that I used to call. I'm older; uh, my recall is not good. But I know God's Word, That's and right. I Amen. study it all the time and read it all the time. And um, so I was talking with this person, and they said to me that Muslims believe in the same God that we do, that Mm -hmm. they believe in the same God. They just don't believe in Jesus, but they believe in the same God. And I said, well, Jesus is God, so how can they believe in the same God? So I'd like to ask you your response to what you would have said to that.
2: I'd say no they don't believe in the same God and I'll say let me explain something God is a trinity and the trinity is one God in three distinct simultaneous persons and in Islam they openly deny the trinity openly deny it they do Mm
3: -hmm. and
2: this is Surah 573 in the Quran they do blaspheme who say Allah is one of three in a trinity for there is no God except one Allah. Now, this proves they don't understand what the Trinity is, but they use the word Trinity, and they call it blasphemy. So, we cannot, this is simple logic. If something Mm -hmm. is what it is, then it has certain properties and characteristics to it. So, God being a triune being means that God has one essence, and that essence is triune. In Islam, God has one Mm -hmm. essence, and the essence is singular. And so they cannot be the same. In Christianity, uh, Islam—I mean, Christianity—God is three distinct, simultaneous persons. In Islam, that's not who God is. In Christianity, the second person of the Godhead became flesh—that's denied in Islam. So they do not affirm the same God. The God of Islam is pagan, is the moon god, and it is not a true God. And Islam is a false religion. Okay.
4: That's exactly what I told him, but he was very, good. he's a very argumentative person, and it was very tiring to talk to him, and I'm like, you know, I'm done wow. here, but anyway. Yeah, that,
2: yeah you're, good for yeah, you, after but he was right. a while, there's just, like,
4: okay, i, I hold, we got a break, Clarice, we've got a
2: break. Hold on, please, we'll be we'll right back, on. okay? We're right back after these messages, we'll get on here with Clarice again, and please stay tuned.
1: Matt Slick live. Taking your calls at 877 207 2276. Here's Matt Slick. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the show. If you want to give me a call, 877
2: 207 2276. Clarice, are you still there?
4: Yes, sir. I am. Thank you. All right. Um, Can I ask another question, please?
2: You sure can. Go ahead.
4: Okay. Do you believe that a person can be a practicing Catholic and be a true born-again Christian?
2: No No Official Catholic theology is Antichrist and so official anti official Roman Catholic theology curses the gospel and it says for example in uh, Catechism of the Catholic Church paragraph 2068 it says that you, you attain salvation through faith, baptism, and the observance of the commandments. In paragraph 2036, mm-hmm. it says that keeping the natural law is necessary for salvation, and paragraph 2070 says that the 10 commandments are an express representation of the natural law, so keeping the 10 commandments is necessary for to obtain salvation. So it mm-hmm. teaches a false gospel because it doesn't teach justification by faith alone in Christ alone. And it curses the gospel by saying that those who would teach that believe that are are wrong. Furthermore, it promotes idolatry in its worship and adoration of Mary. You bow down to Mary and believe Mary can do things that only God can do. So they attribute to the created thing uh, that which belongs to God alone. So the Roman Catholic Church uh, also turns uh, grace into a work. And it turns grace into a work mm-hmm. by uh, saying, in order to get God's grace, though he doesn't owe it to you, here's the procedure. You go to the, the uh, you go it's called sacerdotalism, where the priest has the authority to administer the grace of God that is accessed by the Catholic Church. And it's in heaven. This, this treasury of merit is in heaven, and the, the Catholic Church has access to it. And so it divvies it out according to what it says people are to do. So it turns grace into a work. It is uh, it's a horrible uh, false religion. Okay.
4: Well, that's what I thought. But I have a friend that um, told me recently that she was saved under a Catholic priest who uh, practiced the gifts of the Spirit and it was not a mm-hmm. typical Catholic priest. Yep. And he led her to a place to where that she had to die to self and accept Christ. And that's what she did. Amen. So when I, what I was hearing was, it's I, 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 I did this. I did this. It's, I didn't hear. Mm. Let me tell you what Jesus did for me.
2: Yeah. That could just be an issue of so, sanctification. But it's possible mm-hmm. that there are Catholic priests who really are born again, and they stay there in order to uh, witness to people and get them saved in the Catholic church. I know that mm-hmm. that is the case. I've heard that there are Catholics priests who become born again, and they know the Catholic Church is false, but they stay there, do stuff, and witness. And they're evangelists. It's not very common, but I've heard that. So, maybe you know he's a guy who's really saved. I don't know, but what I do when yeah. I talk to them is I say, look, let me ask you some questions. Are we saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone? And they, you know, well, mm-hmm. no. Okay, well, that's what I want to know. And uh, sometimes I'll say yes, and I still have to ask more questions to clarify. You know, and I'll say, we have to do good works. i would say, for what reason? To prove to God that you're saved? He already knows. He saved you. Well, what are the works for? Well, if you don't have works, you don't have true faith. That's correct. That's what James talks about. But it's not the works that save you. And then they go in and, right. and it gets more. So, yeah. Yeah and um Is my notes thing, on this, calvinism um, are, are about 191 pages but anyway go ahead
4: it's, oh great i'd love to read yes yeah, i'd love to read that but um <laughs> do you have on your website do you have some um what you said referring to the catholics what you were talking about your beliefs and what you have found to be true and also what you said about muslims like the response to that like a like points on your, your website that I could look at and just read it for myself?
2: On, on Islam? Absolutely. We have, if okay. you go to Karm, my website, and you go to the, the, mm-hmm. uh, the left menu, pull it down, you'll see uh, religions. And I have stuff on, I've written about over 100, I think 140, 50 articles on Catholicism, 140 or 50 on, on Islam. And so there's lots of stuff there. But if you don't want to. Okay. Uh, to do what I do, which is, you know, become mentally anal retentive and write forever. And you don't want to go through all those articles. You can just scan through, see which ones you want to read. You can also do something much easier. And that's go to, it's real easy to do. CARM.org, C-A-R-M.org, forward slash C-U-T. Cut. And that's for cut and paste. Just the word cut. And what it'll do is it'll mm-hmm. take you to uh shortened versions of stuff and and there's roman Catholicism there and you can go there and then there's also stuff on Islam and so it's like it's, it's just Hi. it's stuff so it's that com, I use from
4: com.org
2: mm-hmm. I'm that's sorry. My website that's com.org
4: forward slash cut
2: cut yep and it'll take you to the, uh, the we call it a second level page that has a list of things: abortion, atheism, COVID, homosexuality, Islam, Jehovah's Witnesses, Mormonism, oneness theology, relativism, Roman Catholicism, slavery, and stuff like that. And there's a little bit more. Okay. And I, I developed it so well, I can copy I and cut and paste. I'm sorry. What? Go ahead. Sorry.
4: Okay, I'm going to give a shout out to something uh, you were, The other listener was referring to And you said you'd like to do this I, I know a, uh, a Bible teacher He used to pastor But he's also a Hebrew scholar That I have lots of respect for him And he does He lived in Israel for many years And mm-hmm. he teaches And he does teaching tours But he has And I'd just love for you to look at it He's Dr. Randall Smith but okay. it's called One Hour, One Book. Okay? okay. And some, Interesting. He send goes me the information. The whole Bible. It's brief about...
2: Yeah. Sir? Yeah, send it to me. What uh, have you say? Yeah, send, it, send me the information, and mm-hmm. I'll check it out.
4: Email it to you, you mean? Yeah.
2: At the bottom of the website, okay. there's an email address, info at org, And that's the way to do it, because I have so okay. many things going on that if it's not sent to me, I'll forget it, okay?
4: I'm sure, I'm sure. And listen, I appreciate your time, and I appreciate you. God bless you.
2: All right, well, God bless Clarice, thanks. Appreciate it. All, All right. right. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, so believe it or not, there's a friend of mine on in one of the chat things. I don't know which room, where he is, Dave Sherman. I'm going to just say his name because he and I grew up together. Uh, I was 12 years old. I've known him since I was 12. <laughs> So I've known him for, uh, let's see, 55 years. So uh, he said, I didn't call him on his birthday. Yes, I did. (laughs) Let the phone ring for a full minute. And uh, it never picked up. So there you go. I'm just giving a shout out. All right, let's get to Dudley from Oklahoma. That's another long wait. Hey, Dudley, welcome. You're on the air. Dudley, maybe we lost him
0: because Oh, sorry. I think the me. name got the name was wrong. <laughs> oh, it was. What, what's uh, your real the name. name then? Yeah, the name is incorrect. Braden. Your your name is incorrect. That's a weird name. Yeah, the name the name is incorrect. Uh, my name is Braden. That's what oh, happened. Okay, there. so I didn't. <laughs> all right, Braden. unmute myself. Okay, it's all right. But, uh, thank you, Matt, for uh, taking my taking the call and taking the question. And uh, my question is in regards to uh, part of Calvinism about predestination. Okay, and um, my question is: Is in Mark chapter four when Jesus is explaining um, the purpose of the parables, and he says in uh, chapter four, starting at verse uh, fifteen, and these are the ones along the path where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that is sown in them. And my question to you: What, from a reform perspective, how would you go about answering someone that says, "Well, would that not be the instrumental means behind how?" God keeps that person from being saved because personally, I've struggled with combating that issue. Well, it's interesting you said it keeps him from
2: being saved as though he he's going to get saved and God's stopping it. That's that's not the reform perspective. That's right. not a biblical perspective. So right. I'm not sure if you just kind of misspoke it, but right. um, so this is a parable. Yeah, and parables are meant to under, to illustrate usually one main point and uh n- not always and uh, some subpoints, and they're they're generic like think of them as really cool wisdom statements and so in this parable the sower goes out and he is going to lay some i wonder if i did, a, did an analysis on this i'm curious because i do i've done a whole section on parables uh but i did them so long ago i can't remember if i did it on this let me see if i got this parable of the sower i'm going to the parables and uh I don't see it. There we go. Parables. So, um, parable. Oh, anyway, I, I don't know. So it doesn't matter. So when when he says uh, that the the devil comes and and takes away the seed, what he's he's not saying that this is thwarting God's effort. God can save whoever he wants. Right. What Jesus is doing is talking right. about the different kinds of evangelism, the different kinds of people, the different kinds of so to speak beliefs not that they're true beliefs
3: mm-hmm.
2: now i want to say something here because this exact issue is the last issue that i of any significance that i'm wrestling with in reform theology because it's something like this and i every now and then i think about it now wait a minute if god is going to grant people faith philippians 129 and that faith is in christ john 6 29 right then how is it that jesus would be saying well they're going to believe not quite the devil takes it away does that mean they were going to believe and not because the devil stopped it but seems to be what's going to be the case well does that mean then that uh that they were going to believe on their own well that can't happen because we know jesus says you can't come to me let's grant it to you from the father john six sixty five. Uh, so, yep. or, or does it mean that in God's sovereignty, he's working through the varying kinds of appearances of, of people who are looking at Christianity, believing in the truth, because there are appearances of it, how they look. and there's, But there's some, a degree of actuality that occurs in their hearts, and Jesus is addressing this kind of a thing. So what I conclude is with stuff like this is that there is a responsibility that we people have as humans, and I haven't figured out logically, ontologically, scripturally, how to work that into the Trinitarian eternal essence. Okay, I'm working on that. I'm not getting very far. And so what I do is I say, well, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't know. I don't know how it works, but something's there. But at the same time, God works through that. So it's like four rocks. You know four levels that are being spoken of and God weaves his way through them and brings about exactly what he wants the when he wants and So what Jesus is doing explaining things on the human level with a little hint of the divine or the spiritual and uh, That God is sovereign and he's just talking about that to the believers uh, to the people around him actually Early on the covenant people, okay? Mm -hmm. okay?
0: Awesome. Well, I appreciate that. And there's, um, if I can, there's one more question that I would like sure. to ask you. And you got
2: 30 seconds.
0: That is so with, okay. Awesome. With the doctrines of grace, one of the things I've struggled with is I feel like over the time of studying them, I believe them, but they have wrecked like habit kind of in my mind where either I'm focusing too much on them or I'm never content with the limited knowledge that I have with them.
2: Whoa. Okay, dude. So I would right any, any you got to call okay. me back. Okay, we're not hearing the music because I had a sound yeah. problem. You call me back tomorrow. We'll talk. Okay, buddy?
0: Yeah. You call yes, me sir. back. Will All do. Right. Thank you, man. I really appreciate right. that. Okay.
2: All right. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think uh, we are off right now. Oh, no, there's the music.
1: Oh, it came back a little bit later than usual.
0: Another program powered by The Truth Network.